morning as we get ready to go into uh, God's Word, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 19 through 23 this morning. It's a, it's a little bit different. You would think maybe we'd be doing something different for the Christmas season, but this is what God has laid on my heart for us today, and uh, we'll get into the, the more Christmassy type messages here soon, but the Lord really put this heavy on my heart because I believe it even, even though it's not about the birth of Jesus, how many know it's really still all about Jesus? And so uh, this morning, if you would go to Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse number 19. And when you get there, if you wouldn't mind standing one last time for the reading of God's Word. All right, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse number 19. This is what it says. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Heavenly Father, as we go into your word today, I just pray that you would anoint our, hear, our ears to hear and our hearts to receive today. Let us leave here different than how we came in. In your name we pray. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Today I want us to dive into this message and talk about prioritizing peace. You know, this time of year, it's, it's a season where we, we think about peace on earth, goodwill toward men, and we think about the peace of the Lord being with us during the Christmas season. And, and I think that, you know, this, this message, although it's not part of the Christmas story section of Scripture, still relates because w- during this time of year, I think we oftentimes get into this, this mentality of we got all these Christmas parties, we've got family, all these family gatherings, we got gifts to buy, food to cook, cookies to bake, all of these different things going on. And then we wonder why Christmas happened and went by and it was over with so fast and we almost feel like we didn't even get to experience the joy of Christmas. Has anybody ever felt that before this time of year where you go through the Christmas season and by the time it's over, it's already New Year's Eve and you're like, I don't even feel like we had a Christmas because I was so busy, I had so much going on, and, and it was just chaotic. And, and I know there's nobody in here that, that, that's ever busy, right? We're all, yeah, I know. We, we have busy lives. And we got families on either side or and all over there like, hey, will you come see us? Will you come do this? Will you come be with us? And can we come see you? And, and that's all great and that's all wonderful. But I think where the stress and the anxiety and all of the, the pressures of this time of year come in is it's some misplaced priorities. And I think this is true about any season of life, any time of year, is that a lot of times our anxieties and our worries come from misplaced priorities. As we see here in, in this scripture, and, and Jesus even goes on to explain more uh, later on in the scripture, and he, he gets talking into, uh, into verse 25, he gets talking, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothing? He, he, this whole thing is leading up to talking about dealing with anxiety and, and worry and stress this time of year. But before that, he's actually giving some direction on how to avoid those things. 
He's telling us, don't lay up for ourselves treasures here on earth is when we get so focused on those things, moth and rust and, 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 and all of those things will wear it down and destroy it. Uh, it's, like, it's like having a favorite toy that you get for Christmas, if you can think back to when you were a little kid. Did anybody ever have a favorite Christmas toy that they got as a kid? Anybody that you could even remember? Or maybe even in recent years you got a gift that you loved and you cherished and it meant a lot to you. But how many know that eventually that toy broke? That sweater wore out. That thing that you cherished disappeared. And maybe you've been able to keep it for this long, and that's wonderful and great, but it's, not the still, it's still not the same as it was when you first got it. And, and so we know that over time, these things that we have valued in our life, they wear out. They break down. The car you love will break down at some point in time. It doesn't last forever. The house will have things that need done. It doesn't last forever. Nothing in this world lasts forever. And, and he's telling us, don't get so worried about treasuring up things here on this earth. Don't get so worried about all the material things or the other things going on. You know, it can get stolen. It's going to break down. A, a thief, he says thieves break in and they steal these things. And he says you, you, we get so worried about these things. He says don't be worried about the treasures here on earth. And I think this also applies not just to gaining material things, but I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in the experiences of Christmas, the parties, the, the gatherings, the cooking, and all those things, and we get so wrapped up in that that we really miss out on the treasure of heaven during this time of year. He says, don't store up for yourself these treasures on earth, but rather store up for yourselves in heaven treasures where nothing can destroy it and no thieves can break in and steal it. And he says, for where your treasure is there, your heart will also be. And, I, and what he's telling us is where you put your priority is, where, is, where, is, is the source of whether you worry or whether you don't worry. And so where we put our priority is where we put our concern. Where we treasure up things is where our heart goes. When we are treasuring up things on this earth and when we are so focused and dedicated to the things on this earth, he's saying that reveals in us where our heart's focus is. But when our focus is on the things of heaven, when our heart is working towards the things of heaven, that's where our heart is. Our heart is now treasured up in heaven. Our heart is now focused on the things of heaven, the things that are eternal, the things that are peace, joy, and love, and kindness, and, and the fruits of the Spirit, and all of the things that come from heaven and from God. The Bible tells us that every good and perfect thing comes down from above. And if we're focused here on the earth, we can miss out on those things that come down from above. Amen. And he's telling us, work towards focusing on the things of heaven. And this time of year, I'm not saying cancel your family gatherings. I'm not saying don't bake the cookies, don't cook the food. Don't do the, I'm not saying don't do those things. But in all of those things, we have to take a step back sometimes and remember what the priority of the season is. We have to remember that we're not here to treasure up the cookies. And, and yes, there are great memories that we treasure in our heart. And I believe that God puts those moments in our life because he wants us to have fellowship with each other and with our families and have those memories in our hearts. He wants us to have that love and that connection. But I think sometimes we get so focused on those things that we even miss those moments. 
We even miss out on, on all of it. Like I said before, sometimes we get through the Christmas season and wonder where it even went, and we don't even remember what it was like, and we didn't stop long enough to smell the flowers and enjoy the season. We didn't enjoy the cookies we baked. Has anybody ever baked a bunch of cookies and then not been able to eat them because everybody else got to them before you did? Has that ever happened? Uh, listen, Mackenzie will bake cookies. She loves to bake, and she's very good at it. She will bake all of these things, and I will go to get one of the cookies, and she'll slap my hand and say, that's not for you. I say, what do you mean it's not for me? She said, I made those for this party, or I made those for these people. I said, well, I'm going to that place anyway. What's the difference if I have one now or if I have one then? And she goes, it's not the point. you got to save And I'm like, okay. But I'm like, I want them now before everybody else gets them because I know that when everybody gets them, there may not be one left for me. And so, uh, but here lately she set some aside for me. But uh, I, I just had to get that off my chest. But anyway, but anyway, like we get through this and we don't even remember why we're doing it, what we do. We forget why we gather together on Christmas. We forget that it's, it's not about the presents. We forget it's not about the food. It's not about the cookies as much as I love the cookies. It's not about all, it's not about the parties and the celebration and the, the, the Santa Claus and the reindeer. It's not about those things. We miss the priority of the season and we miss out on the peace that comes with having a right priority. See, this time of year, it's about the treasure of heaven the things we treasure in heaven. And this time of year, it's about the gift of all gifts. The gift that is Jesus Christ himself, who wrapped himself up in flesh and came down from heaven to have that, fle- that same flesh tore open and tore apart and his blood spilled out for us. And, and uh, see, we, we think about little cute baby Jesus in a manger, and we kind of miss how hard that really was. And we've, we've made it really fluffy and cute. But there was a lot of suffering and a lot of bad things that, like, one thing I've learned, and I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not a woman. My wife is. And being in the hospital with the birth of our daughter, I, I kind of realize in those moments thinking about this time here, I'm like, I'm really glad we were not in a stable of animals to give birth. That's just not sanitary. That, that's not where I want to be. It's not, I, I thought the hospital couch that they have there was uncomfortable for me to sleep in. I can only imagine having to sleep on the dirt next to the pigs. And I, that is the biggest challenge for a man during the, the birth of your child is having to sleep on the couch in the hospital in comparison to what's going on. And I can only imagine being there. Like we, we forget the, the weight of some of this stuff and we forget the, the stuff that Jesus went through to to be that gift to us, and, and we forget the power of this priority because there's so much power in what happened, and it, and it was really for us to have salvation, and, but he's also the prince of peace, and he came to be chastised for our peace. He came to be whipped for our healings and to be broken down for us to be made whole. And we lose sight of that so often during this time of year. And this, this message may seem a little cliche. It may seem a little like, of course, Jesus is the reason for the season. We say those things, but does our heart back up what our mouth speaks? Are we just saying the rhetoric because it's what we do? 
says, well, I'm a Christian. It's all about Jesus. But our actions say otherwise. You see, we have to have the right focus. And, and he goes on in verses 22 and 23 that we read earlier. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light in you is darkness, then that's how great a darkness He's telling us the eye determines our focus, our perception, our perspective. All of that thing, all of that determines the quality of the light that is inside of us. The joy that is inside of us is determined by how we see things and how we prioritize things and how we focus on things. Because he says if you're focusing on the darkness and that light that you see is darkness, then man, that is a great darkness that is inside of you. But if you are focused on the light, then it is a great light that is inside of you. How many likes going around and seeing Christmas lights this time of year? I just was driving through Upper Sandusky the other day. I had to take a detour because they had their Christmas lights started. It was the walkthrough and and, but you can see them from a distance, and we've driven through them many times. Even when we lived in Finley, we drove through them, and they're very impressive. They're very well done. And, and so I just think of that time of year that normally, how many times do people just drive through that park during the rest of the year? And it's just trees and empty space and not really much to look at. You, know, you don't think twice about it. But all of a sudden, when there is light to see, when there is something bright to behold and to focus on and to look at, people will line up and take up uh, an entire mile of, of line of cars just to go through this and, and see what's to be seen in the light. That is the powerful effect light has on us. And see, when we, when, we, uh, when we get into this season, everybody loves Christmas lights. I haven't really met somebody that doesn't like Christmas lights. And when we get into this season, we get to focus on things that are normally bland, normally uh, not worth looking at, that would normally be a dark space. Because if you go through, drive through that park at night, uh, even if you're allowed to be in the park at night, but if you would just imagine with me for a moment driving through any park, any place that has Christmas lights that the rest of the year doesn't. It's just darkness. And when I think about that, I think about the ultimate Christmas light. The Bible says, and Jesus said, he is, I am the light of the world. He came down here to shine light in the darkness. And so when we begin to focus on that light that is Jesus, that's the light that shines on the inside of us then. If our eye beholds him, if that lamp of our eye is set on him as the light, if he is the one igniting the flame of our heart, if he is the one igniting the flame and the turning on the lights inside of us, then what a great light that we have. If the other side of it is how great a darkness, if the light of your eye is darkness, how great of a darkness is that? Then on the other side, if Christ is the light, then how great of a light is that? But you see, our focus kind of ends up falling almost somewhere in the middle this time of year. We're, we're, like, we're like sitting on this ledge. We're trying to focus on Jesus, and it's like, hey, we, we, Jesus is the reason for the season. We're going to make sure that we're in church on this time of year because we got to try to do our best to keep it that way. But then like, we're going to instantly, as soon as we leave, forget about that because we got this family thing. We got this going on, this going on. And, like, and, and we just we kind of 
get to this point where the light is kind of dim. And it's not the full experience of what God intends us to have. The light gets a little bit dim. The darkness kind of creeps in still. And and we kind of go back and forth of we have a moment of joy and then a moment of darkness and anxiety. We have a moment of great peace and love and joy and happiness, and then we kind of go back over here, and it's because we, we have a hard time keeping our focus on the one thing that really shines light at all times, and his name is Jesus. When our focus is on him, the light that is inside of us shines so brightly. And when we read this, these verses 22 and 23, where it talks about the eye is the lamp of the body and and all of that, we, we need to understand that even outside of the Christmas season, that where our focus is and where we set our gaze and our faith versus the rest of our life determines the, the light and or the darkness that is on the inside of us. This applies to us in so many other ways. And even if we were to go on further into the Scripture as, as he teaches through this, he, in the next verses, because he, Jesus knows the concerns of humanity, I find it interesting that he instantly goes into, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. That is a very interesting, like, okay, well, he's talking about the two different masters. He's talking about uh, can't serve one, you got to pick one. And then all of a sudden he makes the statement, you cannot serve God and money. It's almost like he really understands how humans work. You know, there, and I will just use this as an example. When it comes to the, there is science and, and studies behind this, that when it comes to time to vote in the country, that it is... 90% motivated by the economics issues. When we make big decisions in our life, a lot of times it's motivated by the economic situation we are in. It, it is motivated by how much is in the bank account. How, mu- how many Christmas presents you buy is how much money do you have to spend. Where do you go on vacation is dictated by how much money do you have to spend. It's like... God understands that the key worry, the key anxiety for us, even thousands of years before our time, was we were worried about where's, where's our well-being coming from? Where is our well-being coming from? And he goes on to tell us, he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on is life not more than food, and the body more than clothing. I, 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 like, I would like to take a moment and explain to you the word therefore. When you, say, when you see the word therefore, everything that comes before that is very important to understand. He's saying, when, when he's looking at the, the serving of two masters, and we don't have to just focus on money today. We, we're going to look at it in this through this lens of what are the two things you're trying to balance in your life? And maybe it's more than two things. And, and we got to understand today that when we give time and we say yes to one thing, we say no to another. Even if it's not a complete no, what we give our yes to takes away from the other thing that we could be giving time to. Every time you say yes to something, you will say no to something else. Life is full of choices. 
And he's, he uses the money situation here, and he uses uh, the clothing and, and the food and all of that as an example here. But he says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. He, he's drawing this comparison. He says, store up for yourself treasures in heaven, not on earth. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body, and it will either be darkness or it will be light. And he's, tell, he's giving us all of these connections to understand how we can defeat anxiety during this, during this section of Scripture. And this applies during the Christmas season as much as it does any other time of year when we prioritize Christ and his ways. He, and when he says, is life not more than food? Is the body not more than clothing? What he's telling us is that those things do not even compare to the heavenly things. In other words, let me explain it to you like this. What, what, what is happening here is when he is telling and he's saying, is life not more than food? Is life not more than clothing? Is life not more than the physical things? Is life not more than the material things? Is life not more than all of, all of the stuff that we get so worried about? What he's correcting in us today would be life is so much more than those things, but yet we have reduced life to those things. When we get worried about the material things of the world and that becomes our sole focus in life, and, and th- there is nothing wrong with having nice things. I believe God blesses people. I believe God gives people great wealth. I, be- I believe all of that. But, but, I, but when those are the apple of the eye of that person, that, that's where the problem becomes because we get so worried about where the food's going to come from, where the clothing's going to come from. And don't get we should think about those things, but there's a difference between thinking about those things and worrying about those things. There's a difference between working hard at a job to, to be a good steward of the job that God has given you and to be obsessed over it and, and worshiping your job in some extent because you think that is the only provision there is for you. God gave you that job. He could give you another job. Amen? And so he's saying what you have done today is is we have reduced life down to just the physical aspects of it, and and we have made life into that. Like, life is all about the pursuit of physical gain. And and let's think about this here for a moment. And if we're going to be honest today, we'll know this to be true. The more we have, the more we want. When, when we have a, a certain level of all of our basic needs met, when all of our basic needs are met, now all of a sudden there's something in us that desires, what can I do to elevate that to a, a level of not just my basic needs, but now I can be at a comfortable level and enjoy those things. Well, I have a car, but maybe I need a boat. I have a car, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I need four or five more cars. And, and, you know, everybody's got their hobbies, and there's nothing wrong with a hobby. I'm not trying to say you need to sell all of your cars. And wh- what I'm just trying to tell us today is, is that we, where, where is our focus? Where is our heart at? Because where our treasure is, the Bible says, what we treasure, what we value, that's, that's where our heart comes to be. And that's where our love is, rather than our love and our heart being set on heaven and Christ. And so what, what I'm trying to get to today is that our life has so much more to it than just pursuing our physical needs. You know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of, 
if you're out in the in the social media world, you see the memes and the different things like that. And like there, especially during tax season, it, it gets crazy where people are saying things. All life is 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 paying taxes until you die. All life is is paying your bills until you die. And and like it's sad to me to think that we have really come to a point in society where we have reduced life down to that level, where that we think that's really all all there is to life is just paying bills, making sure we have clothes and food and all of those, and that's all there is to it. We, we have reduced, we have taken what is really a, a pretty low level of life and elevated it and made it out to be the whole thing. And Jesus even goes on to talk about that in further verses. This is, this is a very powerful section of Scripture. He goes on to say, look at the birds of the, of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? He says, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And he goes on and even talks about the, the lilies of the field. He goes, you worry about clothing, he goes, but aren't the lilies of the field beautiful and more glorious? Aren't they spin? They don't spin nor weave, and yet aren't they clothed in beauty? He goes, but we get so concerned about those things, and they don't do anything. The birds don't do anything, and they're provided for. And he's, he's saying, aren't you more valuable than the lilies? Aren't you more valuable than the birds? Aren't you more valuable to me than all of those things? And 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 he he says. There's so much more to life than just those things. There's so much more to this time of year, to this season, to your life than just cooking food, buying presents, and baking cookies, and, and, and the parties. There's so much more to life. There is so much more. But yet we have gotten to a point where we have forgotten that there is a heaven above, and all we've done is focused on the earth below. And he's going through this, and he's saying, and, he, and he, I want to go back to this, and he says, and which of you, by being anxious, will add a single hour to his lifespan? There is zero benefit to worrying about these things. And I know this almost sounds like a, oh, I'm really struggling with anxiety. Well, just don't be so anxious. Don't worry about it. I know that's kind of what this comes across as, and I promise I'm getting somewhere with this. But I need us to understand today, there is zero value in worrying about all of those things. That, that's what the Bible says. He is being anxious about your clothing and your food and, and all that. You're not going to add any, you're not even going to add an hour to your lifespan because of it. Worrying about those things adds zero value to your life. And he's saying, I value you more than the birds, more than the lilies of the field, more than the grass that is here today and gone. He's like, I value you so much more. Those things can be taken care of. He goes, but you got to understand that there is more to life than those things. And yet those are the things that cause us great anxiety. If you were to take a survey of people who are anxious about life and if we were to 
sit down and ask a bunch of people, well, what are the things that you are most worried about in your life? I guarantee you a large portion of that room would be, I'm worried if I'm going to have enough money to pay the bills. I'm worried if I'm going to have enough money to, to buy groceries. I'm worried about the inflation. I'm worried about gas prices. And it's all going to circle back around to, to the provision of basic needs. It really would. If we're going to be honest today, if we were to trace our own worries back around, now there's, there's exceptions. That some of us, we're worried about health things. We're worried about family members. And we got some other things to worry about today. And, but, but I would say majority-wide, we would find that the, the core issue is how am I going to pay for it? How am I going to make ends meet? And Christ gives us a solution to this problem. He goes on and he, he says towards the end of, of this section of Scripture, I'm going to skip through some of it. He says, therefore, do not be anxious. He says it again, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? He says, for the Gentiles seek after all these things. He says, and your heavenly Father knows that you need all of them. He's letting us know, I already know you need food. I already know you need clothes. He's, he's like, you're worried about it. That's what you spend all your time praying about. That's what you spend all of your time in the altar about is how am I going to take care of this? How am I going to eat? How am I going to do that? How is this going to happen? Because I already know about it. And he gives us the solution, and it comes back to the priorities. It comes back to our point of focus where he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There's a formula here that we can follow today to, to prioritize our life to have peace. And it even goes back and we see it again in the scriptures we started with today about treasuring up in, hev in heaven, not on earth. And we see uh, what we focus on. The eye is the lamp of the body. There's, there's a common theme here, and it's about having the right focus in our life. And Jesus tells us to start with, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, our life is so much more than just our physical basic needs of life. There is a heavenly assignment and a heavenly goal that God has for us to pursue and achieve. We're not just supposed to pay the bills until we die. We're not supposed to just sit around and worry about the latest fashion and, the, and what, what sweater, what Christmas sweater we're going to wear. And We're not supposed to just sit around and that be the only thing we think about and the, our main focus of life. He's saying, but if you seek first the kingdom of God, Seek first doing what God would have you to do on this earth. And, and I've talked about this a little bit before, but I want to hit it again. It is We need to understand something when it comes to purpose and, and God and, and all of those things. We get so wrapped up in having this massive purpose of I'm going to change the entire world. And we, we, we elevate this stuff way higher than we need to. And I think one of, one of the flaws in the capital C church globally is we've, if we've, is we've gotten so focused on purpose and calling and all these things. And in reality, calling can be just being a good mother, a good father, a good grandparent. 
It can be just a good employee at your job and let the light of Christ shine through you there because you do all things as unto the Lord like the Scripture tells us. There's so many different levels and facets to this. It's a whole nother probably series, multi-week series just to talk about those things. But, but we need to understand today that when it comes to seeking first the kingdom of God, it's as simple as just saying, Lord, what do you want from me and what should I pursue in my life? And it even comes down to simply just prioritizing, and we've talked about it for a few weeks now, prioritizing his presence in your life, prioritizing his glory in your life, prioritizing your relationship with him. And it's really funny to me. I, I, I kind of had this, uh, this, this revelation the other day. You know, I, I read through Scripture, and, and like it just comes alive for me. And, and when, I, when I read it, it's like there's so many specific things that God has shown me through Scripture and just through my time with Him. And, and He speaks to us so deeply in this. And, and like when we read it, it's like God reveals our calling for our life by like almost like spiritually highlighting different things in it and things that really hit our heart. And we're like, man, we really got to focus on that. Like for me, making disciples and preaching the gospel hits me hard every time I read it in Scripture because it, it reiterates the calling God has for me. But like for you, it it might be reading through and, and understanding the way to raise up your child in the Lord and so they don't depart from it when they get old. It might be the, the part of servanthood that really hits you hard. It might be the part of loving your neighbor that really hits you the hardest. And I would say start there with what is hitting you the hardest in the Scripture. Start there and do those things to pursue the kingdom of God. And, and as you pursue those things, you begin to see it all open up and you begin to put the pieces together as it moves forward in that goal of seeking first his kingdom. He gives you the directions. He has given us an entire instruction manual in the Bible that guides us through the pursuit of his kingdom. It's so simple. So simple. It's not this great complicated thing. Well, what is the kingdom and all of this that there is teaching on what the kingdom is and all of that, but what I'm saying is, is like we have so complicated what God has given us way beyond what it really should be. In reality, the gospel and his word is a pretty simple thing. Love God and love people. Our, our directions, are the, the commandments are all wrapped up in those two things, love God and love people. Start with that. That's your starting point. For seeking first the kingdom of God is start by loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself. Treat them as how you would want to be treated. Start there today. If you don't know where else to start, start there. He says when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his righteousness meaning being conformed to his image, doing the right things, living a holy life unto God, doing it, doing life and, and living your life in a way that will honor God. When we do those things, then all of those things we have worried about will be taken care of. It's that simple. When we live our life completely devoted to God, he takes care of every one of our needs. And those things that we get anxious about, he takes care of. And now, I'm not going to say you're never going to worry about it again, but what I will say is that it gets easier to not worry about them as time goes on. And there are things I used to leave sl lose sleep over that I don't lose sleep over anymore because over time I've, I've just done my best to, to seek 
his kingdom and his righteousness, and he's taking care of those things. And, and I've just learned that, okay, he's done it once. He's done it about four or five times now. I probably don't need to worry about it anymore. He's proven himself. Not that he needs to prove himself, but sometimes we need the reassurance in our life. But what, I'm, but what I want us to understand today is all those things that we get so worried about, especially this time of year. We get done with the Thanksgiving season, and we're instantly into we're instantly moving on from gratitude to gimme, 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 my name's Jimmy, and we're running from here and there and, and, and just craziness and chaos. And we lose the peace because our focus is off, our priorities are off. If we would make this season about Jesus, his kingdom, and his righteousness, if we would make this time of year about that, you might be shocked at the amount of peace you have in your life. The amount of peace you will find in him because he will be the light that, is, that lights the lamp of your eye to give light to your soul. The last piece of this for us today is he says, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let me give you the Brandon Scott unauthorized translation of that scripture. Take it one day at a time. There are, you don't even know what tomorrow's going to hold. You don't, you don't know what you're going to wake up to in the morning. But you do know what you're dealing with today. And what Jesus is saying, just worry about the moment you're in. It's funny to me, like, you look back, I look back on my life, and when I was in, like, 10th grade of high school, I thought I had it all figured out, and by 11th grade of high school, my plans changed about 37 times, and by my senior year, it changed again, and then, well, we got a whole wrench thrown in everything because the whole family moved to a whole other part of Ohio, then I'm like, well, now what do I do with my life? And then things started happening again, it, but it was like... In those moments, I was so worried about the future, I didn't maximize that moment I was in. And, it, and it's funny to me. I mean, the Lord was still gracious and good to me, but now I've learned a lesson through all of that, that it's like you, the Lord, will, through his word, will light up the path before you, but he usually only gives you the next step. He doesn't show you 20 years down the line. Sometimes he doesn't even show you a week he may not even show you the next day, but there, there's, there's like little steps he will give us. And it usually just starts with dealing with what's going on today in this season. It may not mean a literal 24-hour period, but it means like in this moment of your life, in this season of your life, worry about that right now. And if you can navigate that by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and letting Christ be the priority of your life, when you step into the next season, that season you can close the books on and look back and give a praise report saying God was faithful and he will be faithful again. And then that next season, that tomorrow that you used to worry about will now become today. And you will know that because yesterday God was faithful, that today he can be faithful again. And as you go through this process of just dealing with the now stuff, getting through those moments now, those now moments become the past moments, and those past moments become testimonies of 
the goodness of God that give us the power and the faith that we need to get through the tomorrow moments that have yet to come. There is stuff that will happen in your life that you never would have imagined, good and bad. Your, your path will be redirected into a, a way that will never that you never even imagined. I never imagined that I would be a pastor. Even when I was a youth pastor, I said a thousand times, I don't want to be a lead pastor. I like what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden, the Lord's changed my heart on me and led me in this direction. Like It changes a thousand times, and there's nothing wrong with that. The, the, the trick is following Christ in the moment, taking that next step, dealing with the season you're in now. And when we take it one day at a time, one season at a time, and just obey God, seek Him first and His righteousness, those priorities set us up for walking in peace. If we put Him first, we can have peace. When we prioritize Him, when he is the focus of our life and just getting closer to him, it's amazing that when we follow him and obey him, it's amazing how things just work out. It's amazing how doors open. It's amazing how peace comes. It's amazing how provision is made. I'm getting ready to close us out in prayer today, but I just, I just want to end you with this is that there have been plenty of times in my life, both single, married, and now with a child, that there have been moments where I'm like, how are we going to get through this? The Lord has taken me back to the Scripture. And he said, just seek me first and my righteousness. Seek the kingdom first and my righteousness. And just worry about now. Tomorrow has its own troubles. And I can tell you through experience that when we live our life like that, things just happen. Bills you didn't know how you were going to pay get paid. The, how, you didn't know how you were going to buy groceries, groceries show up. Those things that we worry about, how am I going to get the shoes? How am I going to get a, a new winter coat because the season's cold and I don't have a winter coat? It's not that I have a thousand of them and I don't like them anymore. It's that I really don't have one. All of a sudden there's one there. How, how am I going to get through this this season of broken relationship and how am I going to get through this season of broken family? How am I going to get through this season of raising children and grandchildren and, and helping out and whatever it may be for you when you prioritize life this way by seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, it all just works out. Will you bow your heads with me today?